Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. TV and film top 10 and at number 10 Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker mini spoiler special from Empire Magazine it's the Empire Film Podcast at number 8 it's Planet Broadcasting's The Weekly Planet at number 7 it's ITV's Love Island The Morning After at number 6 we have Empire Magazine to Empire Film Podcast at number 5 we have Forever Dog by Ray's Chacha and Alaska and William at number 4 we have Channel 4's SAS Who Dares Wins Back to Base at number 3 we have Joshua Molina Harish Haraway is the West Wing Weekly at number 2 we have Planet Broadcasting the Weekly Planet at number 1 we have Mark Commode and Commode on Film but at number 9 we have Royfield Brown and Lucy V Freeman's Dum Dee Dum the show about the BBC's The Archers Hey, you're proper proud, aren't you? I am. What a start to the new year. Exactly. You know what it means, though, don't you? Well, it's only downhill from here. (laughs) Next week with number 43. Week out of that, (laughs) next week after that, you know, 300th. I'll tell you what we need, folks. We need an utter concerted effort in the next seven days for you to go on to Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, and to write reviews. Just whatever you're doing, stop it. Write a review in 
the next seven days. And, and the day you should write the review is Friday. So this Friday, wherever you are on Planet Dumbydum, write a review. Tell your friends and your family whether they listen to the show. Well, they should listen to the show. Why don't you tell your friends and family to listen to the show? Tell your friends and family to listen to the show. And regardless of whether they've had a good time listening to the show, write a five-star review. Do it this Friday. And I've got a sneaky feeling, folks, if we all commit, if we all put our backs into it, Lucy, all do it on Friday, we'll make the top five. Do, um, are we allowed to vote for ourselves? Can, can, can we do it? Of course we can. Of course we can. Can we? Oh, no, that's a bit embarrassing, think, isn't it? We can't do I that. I think the second ever <laughs> review I, I did, was the, the second ever <laughs> WDM review, me, sorry. <laughs> was it a Mr. Boyfield round? <laughs> <laughs> So, folks, let, let, let's go do that. Let's get into that top five. And, um, yeah, let's make 2020 a dum-de-dum-filled year. Folks, this is Dum-de-dum, the show about the reality of the drama that has centred an ambridge in the heart of Millers and the Hoxton hipster, that is Royfield Brown. And with me are the consultants report that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Ambridge's uh, most idiotic storyline since record began, began, folks, is, you know, this week's Dumby Dumb was last week's Dumby Dumb. And it's our Kirsten um, Foster. I think that's what her name is. Uh, Kirsten, if I've screwed that up, I do apologise. I don't have your name in front of me. But um, it I've is got, I've, last I've, I've week... got to read out her email last week in which she did. explains that, that that is a melodion she's playing. Yes. She said you might want to speed it up a bit because because <laughs> it's a bit slow. <laughs> it is Kirsten Foster, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I did say um uh mouth organ. You said mm. accordion. We got it all wrong. Uh the answer was in the email which you chose not to read out. Which I forgot to read out. You chose not to. I so prompted you, I said, Lucy, any emails and you went no. And there's a pause <laughs> because I knew that there was one. <laughs> But anyway, Luke, <laughs> somebody else wants to send us in a 2020-esque Dumpty Dum. How can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203031305 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Um, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, to Mike Hatton for his character counts and for his quiz, which we've got later. Shambridge for her voices. And to Derek, learn in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek is very upset to hear that the Queen appears to have agreed to a period of transition for Prince Harry. As Derek says, he'll have to get rid of that beard for a start. Now, we also have other news. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. Um, lovely Angela Barnes, who frequently bails us out when we get into trouble, um, is making a new podcast. So now is the time for us to return the favour and listen to her. It is called We Are History, and it's Angela and the very, very funny John O'Farrell, who wrote Spitting Image and has been in all sorts of uh, telly things, talking about bits of history that they think are interesting. The first episode on the Profumo Affair went up last week, and episode two on nudism in East Germany goes up tomorrow. Future episodes include Vlad the Impaler, Spy Pigeons, McCarthyism, Suez, and loads more. It's on iTunes and on all your usual podcatchers, so please do give it a listen. Thank you. On this week's episode, we hear views from Merlin, Rosie, Witherspoon, Paul, Babs and Tre- Oh, I love Babs and Trevor. Oh, well, when are we going to just get them just to do a dum-de-dum? 
Lucy. I think we should just not tell them. We'd, we just won't. We'd just say, right, you're on, and then we'll leave. Yeah, don't give them too much notice or they'll panic, I think. Just hand it over to them when they're not expecting it. Have you got their number? How do we even get in contact with them? I don't know. We'll send How do a we call supply out them to the universe. We'll do what Kate would do. We'll just send a call out to the universe. That's <laughs> oh, Some cosmic ordering. Like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Worked for Noel Edmund, didn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> New York Nigel. Oh, tell you what. New York Nigel, thoughtful call. Then is again, he's, he's always here. Yeah, he very is. thoughtful. When he's not drunk, yeah. then he's just <laughs> incoherent. But <laughs> and, and and slagging off his parishioners. No, yeah. not his parishioners. <laughs> it's so mean about people getting counselling, spiritual counselling, guidance on the arches, isn't it? But when he's not doing that, oh crumbs. Very thoughtful. Anyway, New York Nigel, we salute you and happy new year. And then we have Claire, Claire from Hawaii and Dusty. But first, before all of those caller inners and God, there's there's a lot of them. Not there is. those three mangy callers this week, or as Andrew Horn said, sure it's three uh, magi callers. I was like, well done uh, for, for the festive season. So well done, Mister Horn. Uh, but be first, but be first, but first before all of that, it's our loose and her week in Ambridge. We began the week in Kirsty's front garden with Philip up a ladder taking down his eight-foot flashing Santa. Mind you, don't fall, <laughs> said Krusty, rattling, rattling the ladder vigorously. Sadly, he got down unscathed and then insisted that what would really help her January blues would be to go and sit in a damp hut by a lake while he used an app to misidentify birds. Have you ever hey. met a woman, Philip? Over at um, Green Knackers, the building work has come unstuck. I'm not sure Jim has ever had any building work done before, but he certainly does not seem to understand the tacit contract one enters into when one engages a British builder, viz. They tell you they will be there at eight and turn up at nine, pausing only to completely block your car in with two skips and a van. Then it's straight <laughs> down to some serious complaining about the rain making the ground wet, eight tea, six sugars, and please can we have £14,000 in cash for essentials. Then they send you to the builder's merchants for a laugh with a list covered in hieroglyphics. And while you're gone, they pull down the wrong wall. But you can absolutely rely on them to leave at 3.30pm for no apparent reason. I have no idea why British builders only work until 3.30pm. Builders from other countries don't. I suggest it is so that they can drive their large and fuel-belching pickups straight into the middle of the school rush hour traffic, thus causing maximum pollution and chaos. Or possibly they want to get home for poor patrol. I don't know. But Jimus, you cannot challenge them. It is in the rules. For no matter how utterly rubbish they are, there are always 27,000 other clients screaming with impatience that they're not at their house, knocking down their walls and boxing in their cars. Luckily, Philip is fluent in Builder and persuaded them to come back. He did promise them a cafetiere and scones on the hour every hour and a night of sex with Alistair, but they'll just have to worry about that later. Hey. It, it, <laughs> it was not... A, a barrow load of laughs at Barrow. Obviously, it's stressful for Neil and Hannah to be the only two members of staff looking after 65,000 oh, pigs on their God. own, but they are tail-biting like mad. Neil lost his shit with everyone and went a bit die-hard, and by the end of the Hello. omnibus was wandering around Barrow barefoot in a white vest with a half-cocked bolt gun. He perked up after he got a bit philosophical with Rex about sending the pigs for slaughter. You've got to remember the pigs are on a journey, said Neil. Like on Pop Idol. 
And just like Pop Idol, they get judged by a panel of people who consider how much money they can potentially make out of them. And then if they're not good enough, they get shot. Well, that's on the Ukrainian version, admittedly, but you get the drift. Neil's not sleeping. So when Susan woke up, she realized she'd been fondling the hot water bottle nozzle for 20 minutes and that Neil was wandering around the garden. She's worried he might get executive burnout. I still think they should just swap jobs. Susan would have Hannah in a headlock in two and a half seconds and Neil would look smashing in a tabard. Me, you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've disappeared, but you've come back. Oh, okay. You buzzed me. I didn't know what it was. Uh, Meanwhile, Philip was asking some searching, not to say intrusive and tactless questions about marriage at the bull. So, Oliver, how long were you with Caroline before she cocked it? What about you, Alistair? Was your marriage always shit or did it just go like that after a while? (laughs) All of this jolly questioning led him to believe that what Kirsty really wanted was to become even more firmly enmeshed with his horrid family. And so he proposed to her in a bird hide festooned with fairy lights and toasted it with hot rye bean on a splash of cooking sherry. In some sad news, Josh has returned safely from Thailand. (laughs) <laughs> At the very least, I had hoped he would be banged up for months in a Thai jail, having been caught smuggling a Massey Ferguson front axle up his rectum. But no, nothing. He is back and breezy as ever, the git. Kate bullied Oliver into having some relaxing treatments at Spiritual Hummus. She asked him if he wanted a happy finish. He thought she meant a lapsang sushang afterwards. And to cover his confusion, he ended up agreeing to do a team building workshop. Bearing in mind the Gay Grable's team includes a drug dealer, a ghostbuster, an egotistical monster, one entirely mute manager and one who may as well be for the notice anyone takes of him, a flip-flop stacker and two (laughs) homicidal relief receptionists, and they're just the ones we know about. What could possibly go wrong? The Three Stooges have made up. The more Rex talks, the more I'm convinced his lift doesn't go to the top floor, but he seems happy enough. The other two, though, the Alexis and Crystal of rewilding, I'm not so sure. Pip has developed a worrying hoot in the vein of her grandmother. Phoebe still sounds like a woman on the edge of a nervous breakdown. And I have a strong suspicion that actually they both wanted to make up weeks ago. <laughs> Hello, Cagney Lucy. Sorry, that's my mobile. Ah, oh, dear. Um, I have a strong suspicion that actually they both wanted to make up weeks ago, but actually all three of them were playing for time hoping to discover what rewilding actually was. I bet you any money you could check their Google searches and what the fuck is rewilding would come up first. This was evident by their <laughs> unconvincing, yay, great. So now we can get on with the with the rewilding. Yes, hooray. Yeah, let's go and look at the field that we're going to wild and then make a plan <laughs> about how it will be wilder than it is now. And then when we finish doing all the... The, the rewildage on that, we can rewilderate <laughs> another field. Yay! But the biggest and stupidest story of the week. Angus, the consultant, who I like to think of as Witherspoon's dog with a man bun, has said they need to get more youngsters into the bull. And how are they going to do this? Now, you and I, because we are amateurs and not consultants, uh, maybe offer a few gigs to young local bands, but that's just because we're amateurs. It wouldn't occur to us, you see, that what young people want is an old woman with a boob job singing country and western songs in a quavering warble. See, that's why we don't get paid the big money. <laughs> Similarly, we would think maybe get some young and trendy bar staff with piercings and tattoos. Not a chippy divorcee in a juicy couture tracksuit that smells strongly of raw chicken, an elderly lush with a laugh like hail on a pig arc, and a passive-aggressive married couple. But you see, we're not experts. I know, I know. Student night. 
cheap drinks for young people. No, don't be daft. What young people really want is to go to a pub that is not called after an animal. See, that is the kind of insight you just don't get from the untrained. But what you do get is intelligent <laughs> ideas, like changing the name of the pub to the bee at Ambridge. Hmm? That's another animal? No, it's an insect. It looks like the bat Ambridge, and that's another animal? Well, yes, but can you dress? The whole bloody shell will come apart. All right? Right then. So basically, after one week's consultation based on input from someone recommended by a man who runs a pig factory, they've decided to change nothing about the rest of the pub, just the name. So it's now the B at Ambridge when the real storyline should be who the F at the script meeting thought that was a good idea. The end. Oh, Luce. What? That, that was good this week. That, that, that was absolutely a triumph. Well done. Some proper gags. Some real proper guests and insight. It's like you actually listen to the archers and you delve deeply into it this week. Well done. <laughs> no, no, no little light skimming for you. Now, <laughs> talking about builders, right, I'm just going to defend and protect our Brexit British builders because I had some Bulgarian builders round to do my bathroom year before last. And I can confirm they're exactly the same as the way you describe British builders. Oh, really? Oh, they were the ones that sent yeah. you to the. They sent you to B and Q, didn't they? And you came yeah, back with I all the wrong forever, things. <laughs> I was forever at B and Q. Right? No, these screws are wrong. Go back. I was there so many times. They were just right. trying to get they, rid of you. They just trying to. They just wanted you out of the flat, Royfield. That's what it was. Uh, Luke, they didn't that's actually exactly need what anything. What, from I, what I would say though is they turned up absolutely on time, but they did leave early. And they didn't take down the wrong wall. But my God, Lucy, when they got rid of me on the last day, the holy mess that they <laughs> left at the bathroom in. I went, I walked in, I went, hey, they said, we finished, <laughs> Mr. Brown, we finished. I went, you have not fucking finished. <laughs> <laughs> you trust me, trust me, my Bulgarian builders, you have not finished. You are coming back on Monday and you're correcting this mess. I couldn't believe I think it, there Lucy. may be a mistranslation over the use of the word finished here. <laughs> <laughs> I was beside myself with anger. <laughs> you have not finished at all. Um, hot Ribena. Oh my God. That is the drink of the gods. Hot Ribena. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It's an elixir. Uh, but it is basically hot Ribena with mm. a cinnamon stick in it. That's mulled wine. That's what it is. And a kind of a really huh. bitter aftertaste because you shouldn't heat up <laughs> wine or spirits to that that level. Yeah. Ugh. Horrid. It's one of those things where I've forgotten um, how much Ribena just transports me back to the late 1970s and just like going around to my grandma's. You have Ribena. Oh. And then when it's hot Ribena, it's like it's a bit of a treat because you're feeling a little bit poorly and your mum says, I'll make you a hot Ribena. And you just look up at your mother and you say, you are so wonderful, mummy. Thank you. <laughs> like this, a hot ribena. Love me some hot ribena. But th I just need to pull you to take you to task because we know. Do you remember when we did uh, Dum Dum Live and we looked at, looked at the sea of Dum Dumbers? Yeah. And I called them a virile and fecund lot. Yes. Now. Oh, my God. You haven't got one of them pregnant, have you? Not this okay. week, no. But. And I was being slightly 
slightly uh, not not truthful with the actuality. There, there were a certain amount. Well, there could be incredibly fecund. Well, virile. The amount fecund. But there's a lot of grey-haired dumdy dummers. Mm-hmm. But do you think just like? the be at Ambridge, we should be trying to encourage a younger set of listeners. You coming out with Alexis and Crystal. Yeah. Now, come on, Liz. That's a deep <laughs> 80s cut, isn't it? Yes. Very deep. <laughs> have you met me? I haven't watched television since 1987. <laughs> you just get your, you're given, I'm sorry. Well, I don't know, Liz. We, 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 need to, we need to up our references. It needs to be something about Anyway, you can talk or... at the moment. You sound like an old man coughing with bronchitis on a park bench. So there we go. Oh, don't say that because I've, t- I've told you about that lovely, the lovely old British ex-soldier who fought in Palestine, saw, is- uh, saw Palestine and Israel become independent on the park bench. Changed my life, that gentleman did. And his little tie and talking about his wife that had died like five years before. And every day he goes to the park bench, reads his newspaper and sits at the park bench for an hour and just talks to people around him. Look, I- I'd love to be that man, Lucy. Aww. He- oh. Just you, you'll make me weep. Don't, don't don't say that, man. Changed my life. I went to sign on at Shepherd's Bush uh, Dole office, and this is about 1998. And I never went back. He just gave me such purpose, and he was just such a lovely human being. He was like an angel sent sent from above, just to say, Mister Brown, take a hold of your life. Wow! And this lovely man, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't you used to get me crying, Lucy? Seriously, I'm not, I'm not even joking. This man was an utter angel, and um, yeah, I've never ever signed on since. And I said, nope, I'm going to go go and do this. And oh, anyway, uh, I'm welling up. I'm welling up. Don't if I can be that man on the park bench. Yeah, uh, that 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 be that be a man I'd want to be. Now, moving swiftly on, before I start crying in the middle of, middle of a podcast, um, just before I forget, right? I just want to address something that we talked about in depth. Uh, we took it to pieces, we analysed it, we looked at the runes and the entrails of it uh, last week. Um, it was Jim Jimus uh, getting drunk, and what was the point of that? Yeah, do you remember? Yeah, right. Yeah. Now, um, on the Flick app, there was some discussion. And I believe there was discussion um, on other places where Dumb Dumbers uh, come to coalesce to discuss things. And uh, I remember you were saying that uh, it was, you thought it was something that he'd ate at the ball. Now, yeah. keen listeners of The Archers uh, slightly took the pair of us to task saying, Hmm. No, it, it weren't that. He just drank too much, of which then, and I could be paraphrasing what happened, uh, the discourse on the flick app here. So uh, somebody said, well, that that's not Jim. Jim doesn't, doesn't drink. Anyway, what we'd all forgotten is it was New Year's Eve, wasn't it? Yeah. And what do people do on New Year's Eve? They get reflective about the year that's passed. Yeah. It oh, was, so he had drunk too much on to, and it was because he was thinking about oh, everything being dredged up that year. Ah, oh, okay. and he didn't say anything to anybody. Right. So the whole story was supposed to say how he's quietly dealing with it, but he's not going to let it knock his, uh, you know, take his life off course. So yeah. It was a, that was the whole point that the next day he still delivered it. 
it was a case of no, 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 I can do this. So it wasn't a dodgy sandwich. Um, it was a case of his thinking about the last year, reflecting on it, and the hurt that it's dredged back up, something he's put deep into his past and it's come back to, to haunt him. And he drank a little bit too much, but he was not going to let that get in the way of him performing the next day. So thank you to people that basically said, no, it wasn't a dodgy time, he just drank. And then I sat down and thought about it and went, oh gosh, yes, it was him dealing uh, in his way with uh, the revelation and the reappearance of Harold Jaston and of his... Uh, I thought there was the most beautiful bit of writing this week, actually, despite the fact mm. nothing happened. The standout moment for me, apart from that idiotic renaming the bull storyline, which is so rubbish, it actually makes me feel physically queasy. Um, mm. uh, I just get angry, loose. I don't get queasy anymore. Yeah, I've been angry. through. I'm going through the stages. I've been through angry. Now I'm <laughs> queasy. I'll probably be bargaining tomorrow. Anyway, um, uh, was when he was talking about the uh, the plant pot that was broken. Mm. And he said, it's been with me for years and now it's broken and it's just, it survived so much and now it's gone and it's just such a waste. And mm. I thought, I don't think we're talking about the plant pot. Mm. But it was just lovely because when, People think when their abuser dies that the, you know, like, like Jazza assumed, oh, it's good news. He'll be pleased. You know, he's gone. It was Alistair said, he can't torment you anymore, dad, but you carry it mm. with you. It doesn't matter. It's already, it's so far entrenched. It's so far established in your head that you don't actually need the person to be alive or dead. It doesn't matter. And also people find that when <clears throat> there is, there can be, Oh, it's really difficult to explain. There can be almost, you know, human beings are very strange and they'd rather, they'd rather stick with an established pattern or thought process, even if it's harmful to them, than change it. Mm. It's the, mm. the lure of the familiar. And mm. there's a sense with Jim that now if he is being asked to move on from this, as, as he feels he should it's formed that avoiding that and dealing with what happened to him every single day has internally and externally has actually formed his life to such an extent that he doesn't know who he is without it. Mm. And that's, yeah, I think that's, that's quite common for, for abuse victims and, you know, because it, it forms the central core of your life and you build you build defenses around it and you build your relation. It's, you know, it's, um, it affects your relationships. It affects, you know, everything, how you relate mm. to the outside world. And for that to change, especially at Jim's age, you know, I think if you're in your mid twenties or something, your brain's probably still a bit, uh, a bit more sort of plasticity, a bit more able to deal with it and all that. But when you've sort of, especially the way Jim dealt with it, which was just to close himself off to anything soft and anything loving and anything, you know, mm. vulnerable making. He can't, he doesn't know who he is now. Now that's gone. Or mm. he, well, now he's considering that going. Um, 
sorry to introduce a practical thing. My heater is on and I'm just going to turn it off because it's making a horrible noise. Hang on. Hold the line. You talk for a bit. All right. Um, but you know that will uh, spawn new posts on the thread noises off um, on, on Dumpty Dum oh. uh, <laughs> in the background. So that, that's a good thing, Lucy. That was Lucy's heater. You've, you've actually spoiled by saying it was actually a heater. You should have Sorry. said, I'm switching something off. Guess what that noise I'm has switching been me appliance the off. <laughs> yes, there you go. Personal appliance. Well <laughs> Talking about noises, uh, we have something um, later on in the podcast, don't we? Yes, we have Mike's um, uh, quiz, um, which we completely neglected to do mm. last year. We're not doing awfully well at, at catching up after the new year, are we? We were a bit, we were a bit gate happy and we weren't concentrating. Um so uh, it's slightly late, but, uh, you know, now the New Year's, we've got over the flurry of the New Year and the, oh, I'm going to become vegan. And now you've all given up all your resolutions and everything else. Good. You've all started drinking again. Good. <laughs> so now you can just relax and enjoy the quiz. I know this is slightly, um, slightly last year's news. Well, very last year's news. But um, have you had one of those vegan Greg's sausage rolls? Lucy, they're amazing. Are they? Obviously, I'm in America land, though I was kind of vaguely aware, because I still follow UK media, I was vaguely aware that Greg's were launching a vegan sausage roll, and I remember Piers Morgan scoffing, uh, going, oh, you know, you know it's you know, the pinko lefties have taken over type type of thing. Nonsense, right? And then I'd forgotten about this, because obviously I can't wander down um, Main Street, as I'd call it here, or a high street, and go into a Greg's. I'd forgotten all about it. Christmas, I'm back home, and I wandered uh, past the Greg's. And actually, um, Ella wanted to go into Boots. She wanted to get some um, some, some lady, lady stuff. I said, Daddy, I need to go to Shoppers Drug Mart. I said, well, I don't have those in England. It's Boots. So I went into Boots. She was doing her, her thing. Loose, here's the thing, right? This could only happen at Christmas. So my 16-year-old daughter says, Dad, I need some feminine hygiene products and some stuff for uh, her face. So how much do you think I weighed out for that, Luce? Take a wild guess. How much you wotted out? Weighed out. Oh, spent. um, uh, eight pounds. 14 pounds. Right. Now, I've played this game with a few people. Highest bid was mm, about 16 yeah. quid. That girl took her father to the cleaners. <laughs> right. 70 quid. <gasps> Gold-lined sanitary towels? What was she doing? Well, she bought all the high-end makeup, didn't she? Exactly. Little monkey. Now, she was <laughs> in... That's my girl. I like her. I like her style. Especially because you don't know what she's buying. Exactly. So she's going, no, 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 this is what, look, it's moisturised, this is what it is. Yeah, but it's, that's long con. You can actually get Nivea, which is £2.99. <laughs> <laughs> well, Luce, she was walking up and down the aisles and she was taking so long. So I just said, look, I'm just going to wait here. You just said, get I'll what you want and I'll see like, you at the till. On the ledge. Exactly. And she was like, this exactly. is my chance. And whilst, <laughs> whilst I was sat down, noodling on my phone because she was there for 25 minutes yeah right i looked i looked over my shoulder and there's greg's 
right, with this glowing, welcoming neon sign. I says, I'm just going to go to Greg's. Right. So I went into Greg's and I saw this vegan sausage roll. I went, oh, God, this is the thing that that asked Piers Morgan was going on about and stuff. Jesus Christ, Lucy, it tastes like a sausage. It's a little bit dry, the pastry, but oh, my God. Seriously, I nearly, the thing nearly fell out of my mouth after the first bite. I was in shock. That is some good stuff. If that's what veganism is all about, I'm on the vegan train. I'm telling you. I'm like, wow. I don't think it all tastes like that. This is what people, wise people have said to me since when I told them this story. I, I was utterly amazed. It's heavily salted and spiced and sugared. That's why it tastes nice and like a sausage. Yeah, but like no animal has died in the making of it and there's no dairy in it. Okay. Going back to the chemist thing, I got done like that in the boots at Gatwick Airport. <laughs> <laughs> I said, look, I'm, I'm buying, you know, uh, the toothpaste, the little travel things of toothpaste because everyone's forgotten that. And, you know, thinking, oh, mm. I'll maybe get some um, antihistamine, anti-sting, antihistamine cream, you know, for nap bites and things. Turn around and Madame comes sashaying towards me with a basket absolutely loaded <laughs> with, you know, <laughs> cosmetics in boxes. That's always the expensive stuff when it's overpackaged. Mm. You know that you're about to have to sell a kidney. Anyway, she said, oh, just a well, few things. I forgot my cleanser. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And the thing is as well, she's at the, you know, with the cashier, Ella. And then I, and I wondering, I'm like, oh, run, running along with my card. Here's the card. Father's here. <laughs> you know, don't worry. Don't panic. Like this. And then the woman says, 70 pounds, 30 pence. I went, what? <laughs> I went, what? And Ella's looked at me. I'm like, and then, you, what are you supposed to do then? Have, an, have yeah, an argument yeah, yeah, yeah. with no, They've got you then. They've got you. I'm like... It's like when you like, oh God, and they, they say, oh, I've just remembered something. Then they run off and come back and just pop it in the basket. And then that's the thing that costs £28, whatever it is. And you think, hey! Was it, you know, uh, yes. No, they're not daft. <laughs> Good God, Lucy. Anyway. How do we get onto this? Right. Uh, shall we? Uh, shall we move on? Yeah, I don't want to talk about the bee at Ambridge. Mm, well, I haven't mentioned it at all. Proper, <sighs> utter nonsense. Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Now we've got a first time caller in, and her name is Rosie. Hi, it's Rosie Porter here, a first-time caller in a row from Edinburgh. I work in the low-carbon energy industry and live in a lovely seaside town called Portobello. My Archers vintage is that my mum listened to the Archers every day. So from when I was a child, it was a regular part of our routine. Um, but one of my first memories as a full-time adult is the Sid and Jolene shower in oh. 2004, which I have to say just left long-term scars. <laughs> The new character that year was Jazzer, who looks like I'm a Jazzer, which is quite apt as I'm a Scot. My plot predictions for the coming weeks are that Jazzer will accompany Jim to the funeral and will support him in his first steps towards coming to terms with what happened to him as a child. Philip will ask Kirsty to accompany Kelly to a number of bridal events and Kirsty will come to realise that she doesn't want to get married to anyone, let alone dodgy Phil. 
Mokasha will announce she wants to step back from the Bridge Fresh app and return to the Welsh countryside, and that Kenton will embark on a notorious affair with Emma after Jolene pushes him too far by demanding he grows a man bun. I love Dumpty Dum and the whole community and look forward to calling in again soon. Bye. Oh, that, that was Rosie Porter, first time caller in. Welcome to our band of uh, Merry Dumby Dummers, uh, Rosie. Yeah. Um, we'll be expecting another call next week. Oh, and don't she did all the, all the things. Did you notice? Uh, yes, yes. What she did for a job. Do you know what all I'm right. trying to do? I'm trying to get um, pyracantha thorn out of my finger. A what, thorn? Pyracantha. It's a prickly bush. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Sorry. I've been attending to my overgrown bush, Royfield, and I have hurt my finger as a result. And now I'm trying to pull it out. And you know, when you when it's like when you've got a quick and you think, now what I should not do here is pull this mm. because it will hurt like blazes and I will cry. And then you do it and then it hurts like blazes and you go around showing everyone. And um and I know I should not be trying to pull this pyracanthus spike out of my finger with mm. a pair of tweezers but that's what i am doing just for the sake of the next 30 minutes can you not just focus on this podcast yes yes also mm. um does a lot of gardening get done in the in the dead of winter because we are in the dead of winter lucy We're halfway well, pruning, through January. pruning does and before mm. everyone says about the, the berries for the birds and everything this is a really old dead one nothing's going to happen plus i'm surrounded by forest so if they need something they're not relying on me, trust me. But if it's an old dead one, why do mm. it now? Well, because I'm it's getting rid of it. It's obviously not dead. It's very old. And so you have to prune so them down ju- so you're just kind of... basically euthanizing something that's old, basically. Yes, I am. I'm like dignitas. I don't yes. feel comfortable with that okay. at all. I feel a oneness with your bush, Lucy. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Rosie, as as Lucy was saying, uh, we do salute you because not only are you a first time caller in a row, but you went through all the gears. You know, you've listened to this show. Uh, you don't need to be corrected. You did this uh, with elegance and with aplomb. And we'll be expecting a call next week, the week after and the week after that. Uh, and uh, you no longer Basically, have you're, to... you've got a contractual obligation now, Rosie. Sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you've signed up with blood. So well done, Rosie. Welcome to the team. Here is somebody, uh, Lucy who is a a valued member of the team. And uh, we need to change gears now because uh, this person is a man of the cloth, but also a man of deep thinking. And this is a somewhat uh, thoughtful call. Here's New York Nigel. Happy New Year to Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's New York Nigel here. Uh, At first, I thought that Jim's ghost stories were a tribute to Joe Grundy's love of the genre, but maybe it's a coincidence or planned, but the overlap of Jim's abuser's death and those stories fits. Uh, At this point, and after many years of therapy, if I heard about my own abuser's death, I wouldn't consider a story over. I'm not haunted by him anymore, mostly because his influence over me is done. The only person he haunts is himself. He hasn't got away with it. 
my own peace wasn't an easy place to, to get to. I tried to tell the person who abused me that I was moving on. Important because I was trying to forget a bit like Jim. I, mm -hmm. I wrote to the organization he worked for, a so-called Christian outfit called the True Freedom Trust that claims to help people with something they call same-sex attraction. But they say they don't know his address. They sent me a patronizing and defensive letter with no apology, no acknowledgement of my story in reply. The letter was important uh, for me, even if it received an unsatisfactory response, because without making peace with what has happened to us, we'll always be haunted in some way or another, because abusers rarely recognize their own culpability, straight mm -hmm. or gay. So mm -hmm. perhaps it's up to us to discover that those who abused us are no longer relevant uh, to our lives suppose we all have to do it in our own way. And Jim's decision to go to the funeral is his way of doing it. I'm just astonished that Jazza and Alistair haven't volunteered to go with him. You know, mm -hmm. we've moved on. We're loved for ourselves, even with all our faults. And those who've abused us can't even touch us from beyond the grave. Congratulations on the iTunes hit parade thingy. And thanks for being there for us. Bye. Bye. Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry, Nigel. But, yeah. I think Jazza will go with him. Actually, I can see that happening. Mm. As long as he doesn't go and start pushing people into the... into the grave, which is, you know, because he, he... I think Jazza's finding... Jazza sort of is acting out. Jim internalizes and Jazza externalizes, doesn't he? So, you know, Jazza's sort of more likely to go berserk and start swearing and shouting and chucking things around. Mm. That's a mm -hmm. very elegant way of describing their two com competing um, reactions to it, isn't it? Uh, a very elegant way. One deals with things on the inside uh, and then the other one, um, you know, it's very much, uh, very much kind of, kind of out there. Um, it's, it, I know we, we've said this before, but one of the wonderful things about doing this podcast is that people can, um, that feel emboldened to give their their testament uh, to things that have happened to them, um, as a way of not only healing but also to explaining um, through 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 the storyline of the archers uh very difficult episodes in their life so uh thank you nigel for mm. uh again reminding us uh of the the terrible things that you went through and and sharing that uh in in the safe space that is uh the dum dum universe thank you rev thank um, you oh can i say something that is on a on a more uh flippant note have as you is noticed as mm -hmm. is my work have you noticed that I don't, I haven't noticed it on any other soap operas as much as I've noticed it on The mm. Archers, right? When, like, uh, Jim got really cross when they were going on about Harold Jaston. Mm. Jim got really cross and said, I'm going outside, leave me alone. Captain Oates. Went out, sorry? Like Captain Oates. Yeah. Going he outside. Said, yes. He's, and you heard the door shut. Mm. And literally a second later, they're deciding which one of them is going to go out after him. And I thought, 
They, nobody ever gives anybody any space on the archers. <laughs> it's like if someone says, I don't want to talk, leave me alone. They get like seven and a half seconds before someone's going, hi, I just thought you might want to talk about it. And they just said, no, and I've literally just said right in front of you, I don't want to talk about it. Go away. And, to you know, maybe fair, they will Lucy, the next Lucy, day or whatever. Lucy, but bloody hell. Lucy. Yes. Lucy. To be fair, right. Um, right. They're trying to condense 24 hours into 12 minutes. Right. So there's a certain compression of time. Yeah, but they could just have it as the next episode. Where they do actually give the person some space and then they say, you know, so next morning, how are you feeling? Da, da, da. Mm. I have met, I have many little niggles with this docudrama. And I must admit, that isn't top of my niggle list. That's not to say <laughs> that now, you, now you've mentioned it, it won't worm its way on. Right. But I have to sit down and think about it. But um, that as a, as a, as a dramatic construct or as a, as a trope um, hasn't made my list yet, but let me sleep on it and get back to you. Is that all right? Okay. Right. Yes. Well, you mean the next day, give yourself some space to actually think about it as you've requested <laughs> no, field, and then no. come back to me 24 hours later. That's no, I, I've had about seven seconds. I thought about it. I'm going to give you my answer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll go, Oh, okay. Sorry. I was grumpy. Da, 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 da. When in actual fact, mm. I'm still, fuming from whatever it was i was fuming about before mm. now um you know that there's you know what the elephant in the room is about uh babs and trev uh no there's an elephant yeah no one's and, mentioned and, an elephant and, and it's in the room not only are they good uh, a great double act right there's such an analog for you and i because one is black and one is white that's oh, all I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah. Mm. But anyway, uh, instead of talking about them, let's hear from them. Hello, Royfield, Lucy, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. Babs and Trev here, wishing you all a happy new year. And a thank big you. thank you to the festive stander inners, Andrew, Angela, and Yoko <laughs> Bear, for keeping us entertained. So, Trev, what was your best Christmas present? Well, it's got to be the Dumpty Dum t shirt from you, of course. It took a long time to come, but it was worth it. Are we still talking about the T-shirt? <laughs> well, you've been wearing it. Okay, the Archers. Well, I have nothing to add about Christmas and New Year in Ambridge that hasn't been discussed already. The only thing I wanted to say was that I was really disappointed that Jazza didn't play the bagpipes. And I totally agree that no matter how pissed he was, he would absolutely do it. Oh, and Helen's weird pronunciation of... Tiramisu. <laughs> this week, as a lover of cocktails, I was quite intrigued by the happy hour and the name change announcement of the bull. So similar to the cocktail chain, Be At One. Well, you know, Trev, I love a porn star martini. Perhaps the change will create opportunities to introduce some new characters. Although the point of happy hour is surely to down as much alcohol as possible in the shortest time before you move on to the clubs and paid venues. Where is the to-go after Be At Ambridge? Or is that the point? Be it Ambridge becomes like a destination venue? Mm. Oh the other thing I'm looking forward to is the Greg Abel's team bonding event. Now, you know, Babs, we've both had to design and deliver team building events, though never to address fights from a card school. So I'm interested to see how it turns out. <laughs> Kudos to Kate, though, for upselling a relaxation session into a team away day. Well, that's all from us for now. Love and hugs to all. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 
Yeah, Bye. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're very good. Do, do, uh, I've only just thought about this now. I've got copious amount of notes, which I'm not even looking at, but I'm just thinking about this now. All right. If ever somewhere should be running away days, shouldn't it be Lower Loxley? Yep. Absolutely. Not, well, not they used to. In a, in a, in a, yeah, you know, I remember them doing that because I remember Roy trying to organise stuff like that. Mm. And Haley mentioning it when she was there. I miss Haley. I tell you what, the irony of the what? bull having happy hour. Bloody hell. <laughs> Who in their right mind? You know, the sniping that's going on between um, Jolene and Kenton is just horrible. Mm. Mm. Right. Well, again, if I'm doing a spreadsheet of things that irk me about the archers right now, um, Kenton and Jolene aren't really up there. Right? What is up there then? The beer Ambridge. I'm right. so... Yeah. It's so blowing my mind that I'm not even yeah. talking about it because yeah. I'll just talk for 15 minutes. Yeah. Lucy, that's I, I'm deliberately just skirting around it. I'd rather talk about... Uh, Pig, uh, pigtail biting, to be honest with you. Yeah. Right, because that makes more sense to me. Well, my mum just sent me, after that episode, she just sent me a WhatsApp message that just said, ridiculous. That was it. And I knew exactly what she was talking about because <laughs> I just heard it. The, only, the one small contribution I will make to this be at Ambridge fuckery, right? Mm. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a good word, right? I, I thought about it. You heard the pause, everybody. So I'm like, shall I use this word? And and I kind of did, uh, but with a slightly comic end. Um, is to me, it sounds incredibly like 15 years ago. Like yeah. it doesn't even sound of the moment. And yeah. if I'm thinking of all, you know, pubs, bars which are somewhat newfangled, they all mm. have very traditional names. They all are mm. the bull and the cow yeah. and the yeah. whatever. Yeah. So that's all I'm going to say. Right, I was going to move on because it's just... Uh, but they must be taking us somewhere with this and we've got there's going to be a massive reveal and we're going to go, oh, that's actually really quite clever. It's going to reveal something about a character or characters and people are going to come together in a kumbaya way and save the bull. Well, it better blah, have to, that's all I can say. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Uh, right, now, um, so... That was our Babs and Trev, uh, Royfield and Lucy Mark II. And and now, oh, talking about, you know, before we talked about um, Rosie Porter being a, a brand new uh, caller in uh, And uh, we, we're digging back into our vaults now, Lucy. We've been we're dredging up. We are dredging up old goodies from the past. It's my brother from another mother. It's Paul Room. Hello, oh. it's Paul Room here. Uh, I won't wish you a Happy New Year as I'm obviously miles too late for that. But anyway, Happy New Year. A few little things. <laughs> I can't understand why Neil was so upset about using the bolt gun on the pig that had, had its tail nibbled away. Because um, surely part of his job is to do such a thing. And the animals, you know, it's not an animal sanctuary at Barrow Farm. The animals are going off for slaughter. He got so upset he had to do it himself. But I would have thought he would have his head round that. Didn't quite uh, bring true his reaction. Uh, another thing, New Year's Eve with Jim vomiting. I thought that was just due to him 
boozing too much. As Alistair warned him, he still had two hours to go to midnight. He was ordering double scotches, uh, was already slurring his words, and he just had loads to drink. So I thought it was that, which is a bit odd because we don't really have Jim down as a, a big drinker, but for some reason he'd been boozing away. The last thing with Lee and Helen, surely this is being set up for Rob to come back as uh, Lee and Helen are so happy. They love each other and very lovey-dovey. Life couldn't be better. Everything's marvellous. So it must mean Rob is uh, steaming his way back from Canada uh, across the Atlantic. And I can't sort of wait for this in a way to see what happens. It's the light and shade thing, isn't it? We're we're, we're so happy now and it's going to be dark and perhaps I'm completely wrong and Rob and Sorry, Lee and Helen will live um, happily ever after, but we'll see. Keep up the good work and happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just uh, um, answer one point that Mr. Room made. Um, and just to echo what I said at the kind of at the start of the show, is that uh, Jim was reflecting on the year because it was New Year's Eve and he was thinking of the abuse and that's the reason why he drank too much. And it was very subtly put there by by the script writers and and all of us kind of missed it and thought there was some something else but it it was that sir it was that over to you now lucy you can um attend to the other points that mr room made okay well um i think the that made perfect sense to me actually that neil would feel so gutted about putting uh that uh pig down um because essentially he's having to kill an animal that that is suffering because of the conditions in which it's being kept, which is down to him. And as he said to Rex, when he was having his little chat with Rex and he said, all these pigs are on a journey anyway, they're only there because you know that that's where like they're going bacon. to end up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but Tail biting is a really, really unpleasant thing. Pigs have got a bit of a thing about blood um, and they're interested in the smell of it. So that's why it's very contagious because one of them does it to another one and then the others will be then do it more to reopen the wound and everything. And it's really unpleasant. And they do it when they are very, very stressed. Um, And so that is down to the way they're being kept. There's lots of research been done on how you should keep them to stop that happening, but it's when they feel frustrated in the environment that they're in um, and they're trying to distract themselves. And uh, they're like, pigs are incredibly bright animals and they um, explore their environment orally, i.e. they will pick things up in their mouth to see what it is. And um, so they'll, they'll do that with other pigs' tails. So it's a really, really horrible thing. And you know, if if anyone's got animals that you know, like if you're if you think your animal is being naughty for some reason or being you know um, uh, irritating, and then you discover it's actually because they're not very well or they're unhappy about something or they're stressed out, then you know um, it just makes you feel really guilty. Uh, my cat started, for example, my cat Sybil started peeing upstairs when I was looking after someone's puppy for a little bit. Mm. And uh, I was cross with her, but at the same time, I knew that she was doing it because she was stressed. So I sort of took as many measures as I could to make her feel more relaxed. And then that helped and she stopped doing it. But you just feel really guilty because you're, you're, they have no choice. 
and you know Neil's pigs have no choice and decisions were made that affected their well-being and he just feels and he's a gen he genuinely cares which i know sounds if you're um vegetarian or vegan or whatever then you or then you sort of think well if he how can he possibly care about animals if he's breeding them to be mm. killed but you know good good stocksmen and uh, stockmen and um herds people and you know they do um they do genuinely have a great deal of feeling for the animals that they're looking after. I thought that was really beautifully done last week. Yeah. When he had I, to calm himself down after Hannah. I, 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 liked, I liked all of it. I liked the fact that he stood up to Hannah. And, it, you know, even if it was in anger. But then I liked the transition with him then speaking to Rex the next day. And saying you can do a good job but you can't get too close and you can't be naming the pigs mm -hmm. and then in a very practical way explaining how to get them to be comfortable going onto the trailer that was a beautiful insight into the workings of their world which I utterly appreciated being somebody who's you know thinks that farms are smelly, whiffy places and, um, you know, they have, and, and all that stuff just happens somewhere else because it, it just does. That considering that every now and then I jokingly say there's too much farming on the archers, I mm. really appreciated that because it gave me such an insight and it was a real moment when you realise that here is somebody, Neil, who's been a pig man for, what, 30, 40 years, um, giving wisdom to somebody who's new to the industry, new yeah. to the trade. And it was very beautifully and very, it's done in a very organic way. And it felt uh, very, very apt. It felt very apt. Mm. You know, 99% of people listening, maybe not 99%, um, but like the majority of people listening wouldn't have understood uh, pigtail biting and, and, re and really what it means. Uh, and we've had... Uh, this storyline where the agricultural script editor has really done well, brilliantly, because we, we've been able to understand through the actions of the pigs, the changes that, whether it's Hannah's fault or Neil's fault, uh, and how it's actually impacted on on the animals. And then you've uh, described um, how pigs actually, how they actually operate in, in their world and, how, and why this is such a bad thing. Because on the, you know, on the face of it, pigtail biting kind of so what? But no, it, it, it you know, it, it means it means that the, the, the animals are being stressed. There is, there is something And I something would strongly on. recommend that nobody looks at, if you Google it, do not look at the images because it's horrible. Ooh, all right. The um, I don't know if this was a, a caller in or a for later. So, if you hear me say this, uh, dear listener, it means that nobody has mentioned this later. I don't know if I've read this somewhere or if it's a caller in or in. I really can't remember. But the one thing which doesn't ring true to me about all of this is the fact that Justin would be. Would have. Oh, uh, I know what you're going to say. It's an email from John from Ladprow. Do you want me to I, read it? Yes, please do. 
why does Justin take such an interest in the Barrow Farm pigs that Neil has to report to him about their well-being so often? How much can pigs be worth compared to the amount of money his other business activities involve? Last week, pork was selling at 160 pence per kilogram. So even if the pigs are enormous, it seems to be unlikely that he'd be so concerned. John 111, previously John from Ladprow. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he seems to have... He seems to be at Barrow a lot. He seems to do do sort of um, uh, HR stuff there, doesn't he? He seems to do lots of lots of things. But maybe mm. I guess if his other interests are more land and property, they're more kind of less fluctuating day to day, maybe than mm. you know less I- is going to change day to day than than with the pigs. But well, but. I agree it just seems a bit bonkers yeah it is a bit bonkers. particularly as he knows jack all about it but anyway the when justin came into this it wasn't as if justin came into the archers came came into ambridge and basically um with no business holdings he came as a fully formed businessman mm. who was a part of the bl board so he has other interests outside of ambridge uh, and probably Borsetshire. There's some he has some stuff down in London, mm. and and Barrow has been up and running for at least three to four years. Because remember, Rob kind of was part of the whole setup, and we've been doing this podcast for five and a half years now. So you so Barrow is established. It's running. He wouldn't take such a micro interest in just the one aspect of Barrow, considering he has business interests in London and wherever else, blah, blah, blah. It is kind of nonsense. It is kind of nonsense. But I think we just have to just kind of go with it uh, for now uh, because it is what it is. Right, that's Paul Room. And um, Paul, um, I don't know how Derby County are doing this year, but you're doing better than Birmingham City. That's uh, a little bit of uh, insider chat between me and uh, Paul Room. Now we're going off to Glastonbury with a magical, mystical Merlin to have his take on the world of the archers. Hello, everyone in Dumpty Dumland. This is Merlin from New Jersey. I'll no, start you're not. just no, you're not. talking about last week's Dumpty Dum, actually. <laughs> so, a couple of things. <laughs> Royfield, thank you for your information on the podcast drop out drop off over christmas i found that interesting because i have to admit i started listening to dumpty dum because i was doing research for my own podcast uh, not on the same subject but just listening to different podcasts so it was just interesting to hear what happens with listeners then lucy you are correct uh, castration rings yes are commonly still used in lambs for some strange reason welfare isn't seen seen as such a problem in lambs as it does in in calves when you use castration rings and then the discussion on gavin asking for money for his wedding and the surprise that he would do so um i just reminded me here how kids in my daughter's year at school expect to have audis for their first cars which is really (gasps) quite amazing uh, when you think of entitlement then on to the archers itself. Nothing really to say about the archers during this week. I didn't find it that interesting. But I just wanted to comment on the ghost stories. So hopefully people have had a chance to listen to the ghost stories. I'm really pleased that they decided to publish those. thought they were great to listen to. Not least because 
the monkey's paw is one of my favorite ghost stories ever mm. so it's great to hear uh but just listening to them was wonderful so very good that we had that opportunity i agree i have to um I have to, I had to stop listening to The Monkey's Paw because I was walking back. I don't normally listen to um, things when I'm walking because I'd rather keep my wits about me, but I was plodding back up the sort of the quiet bit that I know very well back up to my house again. And it was a very gloomy Sunday afternoon and the raindrops were plopping off the laurels and it just, it was really sort of, it all felt very Victorian and bleak and listening to The Monkey's Paw and the dog mm. rushed up behind me and I nearly passed out with shock. <laughs> so I thought, <laughs> right, I can't be listening. I cannot be listening to the scary things while I'm in the woods. Um, so, yes, I abandoned it, but then went back to it when I was safely in front of the fire at home. It's great. He's such a good, no, such a good uh, storyteller. Really amazing. He's got that wonderful, um, sonorous voice that's just slightly sinister always he can say the friendliest thing and it's got an edge of something else to it something slightly chilling oh it's wonderful mm. um do you remember last week and just I... about all right smart ass do you remember last week when i was talking about gavin and yep. uh phil and yep. philip sorry because uh, phil means phil archer philip um, is the partner of Kirsty, and I said money. It's to do with money. I'm doubling down on that. It absolutely is right now. Um, there's been a little bit of chitter chatter uh, subsequently to me saying this is to do with cash, and I don't know what the uh, the underlying. Yeah, it, I don't know. You know, and I, I will. Sorry, I will slightly walk back. The fact that I says that um, Philip is maybe some dodgy businessman and he's kind of and his business is some kind of front, but he has much, much, much more money than Kirsty realizes, and that is the at the root of the entitlement to this thirty grand that um, Gavin feels. Last week, uh, after um, Philip. Um, calls, sorry, not Philip, sorry, Gavin calls Kirsty to apologise and we hear this off. Um, you know, we just hear uh, Kirsty basically say that, yeah. you know, Gav has called and, and it's all good. There's a scene in the pub whereby people are talking about their engagements, etc. Yeah. And Alistair, uh, Alistair kind of chimes in. And then very subtly at the end, Philip says that, Gavin is going to Bali for his wedding. Yeah. There you go. So he is giving him the 30 grand. He's not telling Kirsty. Yeah, or at least he hasn't told Kirsty yet. He's mm. given him the 30K. Where he's got the money from, heaven only knows. But he has much, much, much more money. And Gavin knows this. And this is, and I am leaping to this week. There's this whole thing about the laptop and this uh, weird scene uh, which happens this week that uh, Gavin is acutely aware that his dad is minted and hence the barbs thrown at um, Kirsty about Kirsty being a gold digger. Gavin presumes that Kirsty knows that, they, they, that um, his father is sat on a pile. Right. I've called it here first. I don't know where, okay. what, 
source of the spondulix is, but he has them in abundance, just saying. Well, we have had an email about this very issue from Ooh. Mama Foof, who says... From who? Mama Foof, she's called. Ooh, what a name. She says, I have a plot prediction for you. Philip now has two competing financial priorities. The playground refurbishment, which he's committed to do for free, and mm. his son's wedding. Mm. I predict he's going to renege on the playground commitment in order to fund the wedding, and this will cause a huge argument between him and Custy. Thanks all. Mm. I'm not sure about that, really, because um, he hasn't. He's just said that he'll do it at cost, didn't he? So he will work for nothing. They're no, going to buy all the equipment no, no, and everything. No, 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 no. He said he's doing it for free. He was going to do Jim's place for cost. Oh yeah, no, yeah. He said he was going to do it for free, but they're going to buy the stuff. Oh, okay, all right. Um, so it's just his labour. So all he could do is say it's not going to physically cost him anything. So uh, I, if he's going to, to, to carry on doing it, then what he could say was, I can't do it because I've, I've got to work flat out to pay for Gav's wedding, but I'll do it in six months or something. Um, I don't think it's actually physically costing him money that, that, that he would like to redirect to Gav. So I'm not sure that's going to happen. But mm. I, I liked your contribution. Thank you. And I particularly like your name, Mama Foof. Oh, me too. Me too. Yes. Um, talking about contributions, there's a contribution which Philip made to the Archers way back when, which most of us had forgotten about. I'd kind of forgotten about, but somebody somewhere then did remind me. Philip was heard on the phone being nasty to somebody. Do you remember? Yeah. One of his contractors wasn't it there you go now he was being nasty to somebody so there is a side to him and then last week he spoke to the builder who's doing um Jimmy's place and then miraculously got them mm. to uh to continue doing the work there's yeah. a side to our phil that's all i'm saying but, you get, but that's just being assertive isn't it i mean you know, he's a builder. He's working with hairy ass builders. It's no good. You know, he's he is going to be able to talk to them like that because that's how you have to talk to builders if you're another he, builder. He corrected himself though. Um, when was it Kirsty that walked in on him and then he was oh yeah um, he, he brought it down a notch or two. If this is just ah. the the common old got a real thing about Philip, haven't you? Yeah, because I quite like Kirsty. I don't. I don't want to go off with it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just we I... do know, though, don't we? We do know that mm. Kirsty is still going to end up with Tom. Mm, I don't know about that. Yep. Yep. yep I don't yep, know yep, about yep, that. Yep. 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 This is the thing, right? We we say to ourselves, we listen to this thing because we are cut above listening to to regular soaps and stuff. Because no, 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 we're too intelligent for that. And then, <laughs> where, then we complain that things are soapy tropey all the time. And then we come out <laughs> with the most soapiest <sighs> hackneyed yeah. theory. Every time anyone says they're tired, we shout, "They're pregnant!" <laughs> exactly. As soon as a new character walks in, yeah, we stop matchmaking. Yeah, thank you. Right. Mm. We're our yep. own worst enemies, us bloody <laughs> listeners. We really are. We really are. So um, we've had... Can I do a quick... Uh, can I do an email again? Oh, go on then. 
This is from Kirsten Foster, who lovelily played the Melodian for us at the top of the show. Mm. She said, uh, she's been is a second hand artist. Is this the email you should have read out last week? Yes. Sorry. Yes, Kirsten. I'm sorry. Yeah, I did read it. Out. As long as you know, Kirsten, this was a Lucy Scrub, not mine. Yes. Royford did remind me and I said, yes. no, because I'd completely forgotten. Um, she said she's a Jim Lloyd. Um, and she started listening in 2007 when she was in Spain because she could listen online. Um, I remember sitting down in excitement with friends visiting for the new year to listen to the promised Mahusiv 60th anniversary storyline, only to be enraged when it turned out to be Nigel's outrageously unlikely bass jump. That curdling scream you heard wasn't him, it was me. Anyway, I obviously became addicted to the frustration because I'm still here years later, mainly due to Royfield and Lucy and not the increasingly maddening, character-ignoring, logic-bending storylines. <laughs> um... Uh, thank you for, um, the podcast for brightening some dark days. And it looks like it's going to be more in the new decade. Um, yes. So yes, that's it. Um, thank you very much, Kirsten. And thank you for your melodian. And I thought it didn't need speeding up. I thought it was nicely melancholy <laughs> for a January afternoon. Nicely melancholy. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Now we had Merlin who reckons he was in, did he say Jersey or was it New Jersey? I really, I think it's in New, New Jersey. Jersey. Did he say New Jersey? Yeah. But really, we know he's in Glastonbury with his pointy hat <laughs> and, <laughs> and his, his wizard stick. Exactly. <laughs> do, do wizards have cauldrons? It's not a wizard, it's not wizard stick. I don't bloody know what the hell it is. Uh, but the wizards don't have cauldrons. That's witches, isn't it? Well, they both do the same. Which a, the, a male witch is a warlock. Um, oh God! What a wizard then? I don't know. A chief, a chief warlock. Hmm. Well, Merlin could, sounds like he's quite important, though. I think he's probably quite high up the um, the, in, in the, the magic hierarchy. <laughs> yes, he's Gandalf or something. I don't know. Do you want to know something? You know, people have been shocked and somewhat. Um, aghast about the fact that you've never watched Gavin and Stacey. It's all over the Flick app. People are saying, what the hell? Seriously, Lucy. I have never watched a Harry Potter movie. Really? So that, that's my, that's my uh, yeah, that's, that's my... Uh, I've never seen Star Wars. How is that even possible? Like, even if you've Considering never seen with one... two people who are completely obsessed with it, I've never watched it from beginning to oh, end. I come I in, it's from again... Yeah. I leave. I come back. I don't under. I don't know the plot. I know Carrie Fisher's in it, and I like her. And there are some teddy bears, and um, <laughs> and I remember C three being on Swap Shop. That's all. I, that's all I know about it, really. I only in the last three months have realised which one is C three PO and R two D two. Anyway, that's Merlin. You're in uh, you're reckoning in New Jersey, but really you live in Glastonbury. Uh, you're probably a warlock and not a wizard. We don't know. Someone's going to call in and let us know. Now it's the upper lower east side, and it's Witherspoon. Yay! Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. On this unusually warm winter's day, greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Yoko Bear, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. No bull, but the storyline of mm. our favorite country pub is crap right now. 
Angus is yep. very embarrassed that the scriptwriters named an effete hipster consultant after him. They could have <laughs> named him after Angus's other dad, who owns a cool New York private members club, and would have given Kenton and Jolene excellent advice. A big question I have is, what's Lillian and Justin doing hanging out with someone like Angus anyway? Since Jolene went on her music tour last summer, we haven't heard much from her, and when we do, it all seems to have gone to her head. Her personality is much changed. Even though we listeners grind our teeth when Kenton offers words of wisdom, Jolene, as his spouse, should be much more supportive of him. Why wouldn't Jolene want to hire Emma? I don't recall any conflict between them. And the B at Ambridge? You have to be kidding us, scriptwriters. Is this an early April Fool's joke? We all heard the underwhelming response of the bull regulars to this. In the end, I think this will serve as a lesson in humility for the puffed-up Jolene. Talk to y'all soon. She just seems to be very bitter and very... Uh, just frustrated and cross. I think she's going to leave. I think she's going to leave and she's going to go decide that the bull's too sort of small for her and she wants to go back to show business and blah, 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 blah. Mm. And to be honest, I hope she does because she used to be a really nice, <laughs> fun character, but now it's just ooh, mm. relentless whinging and grumpiness. Mm. Well, yeah. To show business, which is the massive country and Western um, industry in the UK. <laughs> yeah. oh, please. Anyway. anyway. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, with a spoon, uh, uh, th- 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 thank you for your contribution, sir. And um, yes. It's, it's nonsense. Uh, now, uh, from the other side of the states, oh, I tell you what, Lucy, I, I did. Um, if if people are ever interested in any of my other output on um, crumbs, yeah, on Matt Corner. Do you remember that? Remember that podcast, Lucy? Matt Corner. I interviewed. Oh yeah, a gentleman who's written a book called Hidden Empire. And it's basically about um, America and what our perception of America on the map is um, at variance with the reality and um, and why um, America basically has a hidden empire. Very, very clever prof um, at some uh, university in the States. He's written this book and it's it's done quite well. I interviewed him and he explains the reason why Hawaii has this uh, weird and kind of vexed relationship with our perception of what is America. And here is Claire from Hawaii. And maybe afterwards, I will tell you why. Aloha, Dumpty Dummers from around the world. This is Claire from a very windy and very rainy Hawaii. I'm just waiting for a break in the rain so I can make a dash into the gym. So I thought I'd uh, weigh in with my tuppence worth on the old name change at the bull or the bee. Oh, my goodness me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I I don't know how true this is, um, and if I'm incorrect, I will stand corrected by anybody who wishes to correct me. But when we lived in the UK, I was actually informed that if if a public house is of a historic nature or a listed building and they wanted to change the name, they still had to retain part of the original name. So, for example, in St Albans in Hertfordshire, there is the Foresters at the Verulanium Arms, 
or the snug at the fleur-de-lis so ah. I, I don't know how true it is i was just told that by somebody ah. i just think it's just going to be a whole heap of trouble you know just trying yep. to change the name and the legalities of it and the cost of it um i'm sure they could just give the the place a bit of a scrub up and yes, you know, exactly. expose a few walls <laughs> and make it all sort of like wooden and organic and stuff but yeah the name change thing nobody's gonna buy it anyway uh, i am bidding farewell i hope everybody is well around the world we are leaving for new zealand in 19 days i'm trying not to get wow. too stressed so i shall speak to you soon take care everyone bye have you noticed how many of our listeners are being chased by Interpol to like them out they move around the world? <laughs> They're all taking my lead. Yeah, yeah. So mm. Now, because I'm boring and anal, I'm looking up the Public House Names Bill mm-hmm. presented to the House of Commons on the 20th of December in the year 2000. Ooh. You have to apply to the local authority to change, the local planning authority to change the name of your pub. Uh, and for the avoidance of doubt, a change to the name of a public house under subsection 1D above shall include the display of any additional name, whether or not the original name is still displayed. So I think you are correct. But aren't yes. they then adhering to that with the whole the B at Tambridge? Well, no, because it doesn't say the bull. bull. Mm, okay. Well, this is going to be something for Linda Snell then, isn't it? That she yeah. she is the character who's got form when it comes to this type of thing. Who's going to um, yeah. dig out the, the the that bit of legislation and have a petition and have a this and have a that and whatever. And I just do not want to have to sit through those episodes. I really don't. Yeah. But no. because I'm so committed to Dumpty Dum, for you, dear listener, I will, and then I will comment on it and make little and no sense. Talking about me making little and no sense. Cosmo had a real go at me last week. <laughs> on, on the notes. Was he getting up at him about says, now? He <laughs> says, Roy feels tortuous and round the house's um, explanation as to the reason why this whole Gavin and Philip thing is about money. Oh, God, the cheek of the man. Right, we give him a platform, Lucy. We go, <laughs> and he starts taking pot shots at me. Right. <laughs> Cheeky, it could be worse though. He could be taking pot shots at me, so I'm glad that it's not. Well, <laughs> people don't take enough pot shots at you. That's just generally just my. Job. I know because yeah. I move quicker. <laughs> True that. True that. Right. So, um, well done, Claire from Hawaii, and and have a safe, uh, safe relocation. Yeah, safe, to, uh, safe trip, mm. safe transition. My God, I moved three miles away from where I started off, and that nearly killed me. Mm. Flipping it, Hawaii to New Zealand. Bloody yeah. hell. She's. Following the journey of Captain Cook. Is she? Yeah, well, he went oh. to both of those places, didn't he? Oh, yeah. In inverted commas, he discovered New Zealand and, uh, oh. and Australia and uh, first European to go to Hawaii. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Do you want to know something weird, weird about Hawaii? Just one little weird, weird little factet. As long as it is little, yes. It is little, right. Um. It is the only place in the United States where the Union Jack legally flies. Did you know that? Really? Yeah, yeah. It's because on the state flag of Hawaii, there is a Union Jack. 
And you would think that this is because Captain Cook, in inverted commas, discovered it in, I don't know. I would think that. You would think that, but that is not the reason. Basically, Uh one of the early kings of Hawaii was so enamoured with all things British, uh, he just decided to put the Union Jack on his flag. He just liked, he liked British things. That's it. It was nothing. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just here. Oh. It's, and, it, and it's quite a nice little jaunty flag as well, actually. So if you imagine the flag of the United States, uh, so w- where the stars are, you have the Union Jack. Yeah. And then you have the red and white stripes, but they're red, white and blue. And they kind of like cascade down red, white and blue. And, and they're a little bit thicker than uh, the stars. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a pretty flag. Yeah. But there is absolutely no constitutional, historical, uh, real link between uh, the United Kingdom and Hawaii, other than the King of Hawaii said, hmm, I quite like that. Uh, we'll put that there. The Brits are okay. Huh. Yeah. There you go. Right. So- Maybe Harry and Meghan should go there then. Hmm. Next call. Please, thank you. So let's have a little touch of Dusty. She's going to bring some sanity back to proceedings. Away with you, Dusty. Hello, it's Dusty Substance here, <laughs> the wrong sort of listener. Following on from your conversation about... Oh, Happy New Year, sorry. Following on from the conversation about Robert being such a wet during the bizarreness of Jim as being unwell, I can clarify that. Uh, Robert was frightened of the ghost stories and Robert didn't want to do them. He didn't want to direct ghost stories and he didn't want to read ghost stories. And to be perfectly honest, I'm with him on that. I couldn't even listen to them. I'm sure they were wonderful. Alternatively, I was able to listen to a repeat of the Calendar Girls from a few years back and it was really lovely. Um, So, Next year, can we have something like that or Blythe Spirit for those of us that can't do ghost stories? And another little (laughs) Ambridge thing was during the Christine Keeler trial drama, Jolene turned up as Barbara Copsall. Now, who knew? So that was really exciting. Anyway, that's it from me. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Mm. She does quite a lot, Buffy, doesn't she? Buffy Davis, who plays um, Jolene. Yeah, she's quite, she's often on Radio 4 dramas and she's often on TV things. But because she's got a distinctive voice, you just sort of, you don't, you always know it's her. Same way that I always know it's Tim Bentink, but that's probably because I listen out, (laughs) listen out for him in everything in the hope that he's going to be in it. Um, But yes, uh, she, yeah, I think she's quite busy at the moment. So that could be why we haven't seen, heard a lot of Jolene for the last couple of years Mm. or last year. Mm. Uh, right. Uh, uh, th- thank you for that contribution, Dusty. I-, I was just on Twitter, sorry, and uh, the little bespectacled uh, schoolboy who were, uh, you know, who kind of like did these cake flapping thing and ran down the road. It's very, very sweet, Lucy. Very sweet. And uh, <laughs> but um, yes, uh, it wasn't me, and uh, it wasn't Yokel Bear. But anyway, anyway, so I-, I just got lost in Twitter, and I was just imagining uh, me when I was a little little kid and. I was going to be a superhero when I grew up and um, I don't know, just made me all wistful. And I mm. just wasn't at all connected to what you were saying. <laughs> I wasn't. Way to go to make our <laughs> listeners feel special, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, from Dusty, uh, last caller in or on the show, it's our young Keith. Hello. Young Keith, just a very, very quick one, and I wonder if I'm a bit late in the week to get no, this not. in. But uh, 
I've been meaning Bang to on have time. a grumble um, since Sunday about my nemesis, Philip Moss. The man <laughs> has got a thing for Jessica Rabbit. And I was a bit upset by this because I also had a thing, pretty big thing, actually. I actually had a, a mural of Jessica Rabbit painted on my wall when I was 14 years old. This guy's pushing 50 and he's still got a thing for Jessica Rabbit. He's the most immature, boring man I've ever come across. And the thought of Kirsty sort of squeezing her calloused elbows into a Jessica Rabbit outfit was an absolute no-no for me. So that one comment made my blood boil this week. But anyway, other than that, nothing else to declare. Have a good one. Good evening. <laughs> but, <laughs> do you think young Keith has got a bit of a thing about Kirsty as well? Although I'm debating, I'm, I'm not sure about that as he just talked about her calloused elbows. <laughs> elbows ever done for you ever done to you young Keith <laughs> uh, right I don't suppose you've got any, any calls uh, sorry any calls any any emails because uh, you did I've them all them. in the show I've yeah, well done, done them all the way through I, yes. I, I like that new format of yours just like do them throughout hmm. the show yeah. Yeah. Not, not saving them up having them one big email dump like, so yes. like a freedom of information bill, just like right, right at this after all the course. Well done. Spread them out, spread them out throughout the program. All right then. Well, uh, now we start to wind things down very slightly, and then uh, for, for for lots of you, you'll say Royfield. When you say uh, adverts, I don't get any adverts. Uh, well, that's with the luck of the draw. So I'm now going to say you might have some adverts, you might not. Then it's our Millie Bell. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good day, everyone. First of all, I would like to particularly thank Jacqueline Berto, who contacted the page and said... This is a message to Millie Bell. I don't know where you are in Australia. Maybe you have already said, but I've just been on the phone to an Australian friend who mm. has had her family evacuated. Thought of you. Keep safe. Thinking of you and yours during this difficult time. Lots of love. 
Jacqueline, I was so touched and uh, we are not in an area where we need to be concerned at the moment, but I absolutely love that you are all caring and thinking about Australia at the moment. Uh, We definitely need your love. Things are not great um, and they are probably not going to be great for a while, but just to know that people are thinking of us actually really does help. So thank you. Um, I don't want to be too political, but I'm hoping that the politicians make some good decisions very soon because a lot of us are getting quite grumpy as you can imagine Mm. uh we wondered whether it was time to be bold and adventurous when we heard about the uh, idea of getting the new name for the ball or was the idea just bonkers sue howard said they changed the name of the pub in our village no one liked the new name a few years later new owners changed it back They also completely revamped the pub and it is a roaring success doing good food. It wasn't a village hub like the bull before, but it is now. Hmm. Fiona Crawford said, yep, it's bonkers. I was immediately drawn to the flat peacock as an alternative. But apparently animal names are passe. (laughs) How about the inn on the am? Then we could hear the punter say, I'm in the inn on the am. Oh, could name it something exciting like the silage clamp. Lots more suggestions there, you clever people. You really are very funny. Um, so if you'd like to have a look at that, please do jump onto our Facebook page. Um, uh, the next thing that we discussed was around Philip and Gavin. Now, I've had a bit of a problem with Philip because, I don't know, sometimes he just sounds a bit menacing to me. And so I wondered whether he'd really fix things up with Gavin or w- whether there was some stronger arming involved. Um, Elizabeth Bean uh, pointed out that Kirsty hasn't mentioned the green aspects of the overseas wedding and Jane Perone agreed with her. And I have to say that were, they were excellent thoughts because that had not occurred to me and, of course, it should have. And I think for Kirsty that might have been quite a strong um, position to take. But anyway, um, Jan Mitchell said it was definitely not as simple as Philip made out. I suspect either nothing happened or he strong-armed Gavin. Marion Barton said, I reckon Philip gave him right rollicking and probably said he wouldn't pay for the wedding unless Gavin apologised. I doubt Gavin will think better of Kirsty after this and, in fact, probably will think worse. Karen Cunningham um, said, Does anyone remember a good while back we caught the back end of one of Philip's business calls and he sounded thoroughly unpleasant? I do remember that, Karen. That's what makes me think there's something odd about him. Um, Karen continues, I wondered where they were going with it. It turns out nowhere yet, but now thinking the script writers may have been playing the long game with scene setting. Mm-hmm. Good thinking, 99. Uh, and the script writers do think <laughs> a long way ahead, don't they? Uh, we then wondered whether Hannah was going to drop Neil in it somehow, and I asked for predictions. <laughs> and Colette Conroy said, I would love it if one of the Archer's writers or production team was like Hannah. And the other writers are just channeling their hatred of that person and mirroring what they are doing in the office. So every time he or she sneaks on someone in the office, Hannah does something bad to Neil. (laughs) And Christine Colson said she thought that Neil was on the verge of a heart attack during that episode. Hannah is like a bully I had at work. On paper, does nothing wrong. In reality, snide comments chipping away, timed perfectly to get a reaction and undermining you at every opportunity. And I guess that's one of the clever things about this writing. We've all either seen or experienced bullies, so we can all connect with that. 
So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, I was up in the air for one of the episodes, so Yokobe very kindly put up a poll and said if there is a confrontation between Hannah and Neil, who would win? And 12% of you thought that Hannah would, but the rest of you, 88% of you, still think that Neil would in fact win over Hannah. So let's see if that works out. Mm. Um, and Yoko Bear also asked about whether the builders were right to leave. Should they have commandeered the garden furniture? <laughs> um, Fiona Crawford said it's a bit cheeky, to be honest, but he did overreact. Builders around here seem to retire to their vans on their breaks, but maybe that's due to a lack of unlocked sheds. Um, Stephen Bowden said, yeah, no, ideally they should have asked, but tea breaks are pretty standard and seeking shelter in the shed in the depths of January is hardly unreasonable. Unless he agrees, agreed. Uh, in fact, most of you agreed and said, yeah, look, it was a bit cheeky. And I guess what we're really saying is nobody understands why they didn't just ask first. But others have said, um, and Debbie Woodley was one of those people, builders aren't struggling for work. Got a pain in the ass customer? Drop them and move on to the next job. Yeah, exactly. Okay, good point. Um, now, breaking news, which you probably will hear in the episode anyway, because I'm sure that Royfeld or Lucy will bring this up. But we um, are in the top 10 and we posted that up. We are in the top 10 for iTunes and we are very, very excited. If I could afford champagne, (laughs) that is what I would have been drinking. Instead, it was a Prosecco. It was still very good. And I was definitely uh, drinking to our good health. Uh, One more that I want to talk to you about. And then uh, I just want to uh, read a a review that we got today, which was just lovely. Um, I was I was so disappointed that they got an industry expert in and the best he could come up with was that name. And I just said, you know, what do you think? And Pete Ranson said, the thing that gets me is that it's taken them literally two weeks to come up with a new name with no customer surveys or market research other than Kenton's yeah. attempt that Lillian ridiculed a few days ago. At least he was on the right track. Jan Mitchell said it was definitely an underwhelming announcement and I for one was really pleased to know that this time Kenton was right. Fingers crossed that Jolene and Lillian will get a lot of negative feedback. My advice is that you don't invest in new signage yet, ladies. Uh, Mm. Brian Holding said Ambridge is a long way from Shoreditch is all I'm saying utter ocean going nonsense ain't going to happen and Leslie Greaves said oh they'll just keep saying the one that used to be called the bull Um, or it could just be formally known as the bull and uh, Melly Merriweather said, "Ah, my phone rang when the name was announced and I didn't answer the call but missed the announcement and we all came to her rescue so that was really really good now, uh, I oh sorry, there is one more thing that I did post up. I said if you had to choose, and no one was allowed to cheat, do you want to buy a hat that you could wear to a Bali wedding, or do you want to help Jim dance on a grave? And nine percent of you said you were rushing out to buy wedding hats, and ninety-one percent of you are buying new shoes, new dancing shoes, and you're rushing up with me to dance with Jimus on that nasty man's grave. And just before I go, I would just like to talk to you about a um, a wonderful uh, review that we got on our Facebook page today. And it said, it's that Dumpty Dum is warm, irreverent, full of love and loathing for the artist characters and the community of Dumpty Dummers. The podcast has brought together is a thing of beauty. Lucy's monologues are as clever as they are hilarious and Royfield's rants are delicious. I think I'd listen even if I didn't love the archers. I Aww. could not believe what a nice thing that was to say, 
to to say like that was just so nice of you and so tessa herring i will drink my next glass of prosecco to you so to everybody out there in dumpty dum land thank you so much sorry this was a bit of a long one this week um but until i speak to you in a fortnight i will leave you in the very capable hands of my good friend yoko bear so until then hooroo i've got a new favorite listener lucy whoever wrote that review tessa love you tessa love your work i think by the way i think it's now raining in australia isn't it wasn't there a cloudburst yesterday i have no idea on the bit that's on for one of the many many bits mm. that's on fire and i think things have got slightly better so hopefully the next time we hear from you millie bell things will be uh, not back to normal but mm. under control yes because it's bloody scary fingers crossed for your down under mm. um right uh juicy loose and also uh, just whilst uh we're on this because of course we haven't mentioned at all uh, through the whole of this episode that we did smash in to the iTunes top 10 for TV and film. There isn't a radio section. And um, yeah, so I haven't mentioned that at all. So I just... We did because you did the first bit. Did I? You did the countdown. Really? You did the countdown. Oh, did I? Oh, I've forgotten. It's been so long ago since we uh, started the recording mm. of this show. I'd forgotten. This is the usual thing, the usual <laughs> shit show chaps, where we, this is our f- fourth attempt with Zencaster collapsing yes. left, right and centre mm-hmm. again, which is why it's so late. Uh, so just would like to say a um, special thank you to Millie Bell, Yokel Bear, With a Spoon, Et Al, and all to the regular contributors because um, yeah. it isn't just uh, the, the Roy Ford and Lucy show. There is a, a whole galaxy, a whole planet full of contributors yeah. that make yeah. uh, the good ship dum-de-dum uh, the the ocean going podcast that it is so <laughs> the unwieldy Titanic that it is yes. Oi, fuck off equate <laughs> 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 to more to HMS Victory or something like that we're going to okay. blast all comers out of our way whatever we're not going to be uh, come to a sticky end on uh, the end of an iceberg oh no sir Bob not us not us we'll be going forever. So thank you. If you've ever contributed, we, we thank you and salute you. If you're going to contribute one day, we thank you and salute you and say hurry up and contribute. If you've ever given us cash, <laughs> awesome, uh, just brilliant. Just keep it up, everybody. Well done. Keep listening. And, 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 and. Um, I think I said this at the start of the show. Can't remember. It was literally was 48 hours ago. Because we are, you know, we started recording this on, on yeah. Monday. It is now yep. Wednesday. Um, yep. Please write. We haven't eaten. We haven't slept. Well, uh, I have. <laughs> um, but uh, write your review on Friday, please, please, please. But also go tell a friend. Right, go tell a friend to download uh, this episode, and um, we will. We should go up another notch or two on that chart. So write your reviews on Friday wherever you are on, on planet Earth, and then tell a friend to go and listen to an episode subscribe download and uh we should we should move up a notch or two and i know i did promise that we'd do this round about christmas time i completely forgot but um let's say in the next episode we'll do a roll call of people that have written reviews recently and or have uh contributed and stuff so um if you're one of those people you will hear your name on this podcast there's another inducement for you to go off and write that review because uh, next week you will get a shout out and also uh, new patrons will get one. So 
Now, Lucy, uh, mirror headlines. Yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. Please. Devon Live. <clears throat> Jesus with his bum out sparks police response in Exeter City Centre. <laughs> uh, Sky News. Angry tortoise rescued after starting house fire in Essex. Uh, BBC News. White supremacist accidentally sets own head on fire while trying to burn down a synagogue. Serves him right. And The Sun. Woman claims her knees look like Phil and Grant Mitchell. <laughs> Hmm. Well done. Well done. You, you went through those and, right. and a clip this week. Yep. Well done. Yep. Were those all your own uh, sourcing or were they crowdsourced? Uh, no. The Well, a lot of the time I <laughs> I find these things and then immediately I get an email from a, mess, a, a, a tweet from someone going, look what I just found. And we're both watching the same feed. That's how we ended up. Yeah. With them. So, um, yes, if you sent me these as well, thank you very much. And keep sending me them because I love them. And even if I can't use them, they just make me laugh. <laughs> awesome. And God knows we need a laugh at the moment. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And uh, tweets of the week. Uh, this is a this is a sort of a one about Dumpty Dum rather than about the archers, but it's from uh, Serafina Pakala who says, this will make, uh, well, she says Lucy V. Freeman, but this will make Dumpty Dum chuckle. I am laid on bed with nine-year-old listening to Dumpty Dum like we have for the past two years. We have listened to BBC The Archers for five-ish years every night in silence. Nine-year-old. What's Dumpty Dum about, Mum? I hope you I hope you block nine year olds' ears up at some of it, Serafina. Because um, yes. Anyway, uh, Julian Smith, the Starchers. Lillian increases the tension on the rubber ring around Kenton's testicles. They'll drop off any day now. Uh, John Porter, pie and a pint. Having impressed Kirsty with the widgeons, Philip is clearly hoping for a woodcock and great tit sighting back in the hide. Yeah. Uh, Neil Wallington. I've put a lot into those pigs. We'd rather not know that, Rex. Uh, little Kim. Looking at it positively, there have been lots of hints that Philip's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> See, she goes on to explain why it's positive, but just made me laugh. Looking at it positively, he's going to have a heart attack. And Matthew, tweet of the week, mm. Mr. Weir. Imagine going halfway around the world to chill on a beach in Thailand and bumping into a twat like Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well done, everybody. Well done, everybody. Um, Right. This is kind of the end of the show, and I just like prattle on about some stuff, and you all pretend like you never heard it before. And uh, you. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. We've got to talk about Mike Hatton's quiz. Oh, gosh, yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Dumpty Dum quiz. Mm-hmm. Our wonderful Mike Hatton has done us another New Year quiz. And as before, listeners can submit their answers via the comments section on the Dumpty Dum post or email them to me at writeyouare1951 <laughs> at gmail.com throughout January. Uh, so then you'll be talking directly to to Mike. Um, so get going, he says. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, Mike. It's now t- a we forgot to do this last week, and b it's just taken us three bloody days to get this far through the podcast. So I'll do it again. Dumpty Dum Quiz. Mike Hatton's another New Year quiz. As before, listeners can submit their answers via the comment section of the Dumpty Dum post or email them to me at writeyouare1951 at gmail dot com. Uh, can I just quickly jump in? By the magic of editing, here is. Uh, Mike Hatton's audio bit of the quiz.
Greetings Dumpty Dummers. Welcome to this year's Right You Are Hello YouTube Quiz. In a moment, you will hear 23 voices saying either Right You Are or Hello You Too. All the voices were heard during 2019 on the Archers, except for one extra voice, which was included having been heard during an episode of Dumpty Dum. Some characters are heard more than once. How many can you recognize? Number 1. Right You Are. Number 2. Right You Are. Number 3. Right You Are. Number 4. Right You Are. Number 5. Right you are. Number six. Uh, right you are. Number seven. Hello you two. Number eight. Hello you two. Number nine. Right you are. Number ten. Right you are. Number eleven. Alright you are. Number twelve. Right you are. Number thirteen. Right you are. Number fourteen. Hello you two. <laughs> Number fifteen. Right you are. Number sixteen. Right you are. Number 17. Oh, hey, you two. Number 18. Right, you are. Number 19. Hello, you two. Number 20. Right, you are. Number 21. Right, you are. Number 22. Hey, you two. And finally, number 23. Hi, you two. Send your answers to right, you are. 1951 at gmail.com. No prizes. It's just for fun. There you go. I've edited that in. All right. Uh, now, <laughs> so now shall I shall I talk a bit, and then yeah. people will then just try and like hang around a bit and see if you say something funny at, at the end. Right. So dumdum.com, Go that's got shops. Got some awesome stuff. You can go and comment on the shows. You can maybe uh, uh, you can um, what else can you do? Sign up. There you go. You can sign up. Though we have to pull our fingers out of our uh, posteriors and actually give you some listener content uh, if you subscribed to... Oh, God, I'm, and I'm really mixing things up here, folks, but go with me. So I'm going from one thing to another <laughs> and not in a seamless way. Me, I, I know. know what you're on about. Um, you can go <laughs> sign up uh, to our really irregular newsletters. Um, we send maybe about three a year, if that. And invariably, it's just to go and sign posts when there's like a live show or something or another. Uh, but you can you can do that online. And um, and awesome, yeah, and all, and all the awesome awesome things like that. Uh, I, there has been some chatter on the Flick app and and other bits of Dumdy Dum social media that people want us, Lucy, to start doing. I was going to say grinder, sorry, tractor. They want they want tractor back. People have been oh, saying. I thought we couldn't though because of GDPR. GDPR. Well. Somebody who's quite smart, and I don't, I can't remember uh, the name of you, uh, smart person, said, "Now nah, there's there's a workaround for that." It was this was some months ago. There was some chat of people saying, "Whatever happened to Tractor?" And uh, somebody said GDPR, and another person says, "No, but there's a workaround for that. There is a way you can do it." So, mm, I think we're going to investigate this because it was a great way of people feeling part of the community. It was just another layer of uh, inclusiveness. So you didn't necessarily have to call in if you, if you didn't feel that, you know, you had something 
witty erudite insightful to say about the about the archers in the last week if you felt intimidated by that or if you didn't you know post a comment somewhere or tweet or whatever you could just say well you know what i live in surbiton i live in scunthorpe i live in san francisco bang right there you go i'm part of this there you go i live in surbiton and i'm not ashamed (laughs) (laughs) penge I'm representing Penge. Big up Penge. There you go. So, um, so yeah. So I will think about this, and hopefully, maybe one day, uh, Tractor forward slash Grinder forward slash Dumdy Dum Archers Tinder will make a resurgence uh, back, and uh, you can all pin your locations to it and stuff. So, hmm. so that's that. Um, if you like to. Uh, help keep the good ship uh, HMS dum-de-dum sailing on the high seas, uh, what you can do is go onto patreon.com and give us uh, the equivalent, well, not the equivalent, the absolute uh, figure of $2 per show. Uh, What that does then mean, uh, dear listener, is that when we have content uh, which uh, we've derived from speaking to the great and the good that actually create the one thing, the archers, uh, we then make that exclusively available just to those Patreons, as I believe they're called on that platform. So if you would like to be in on that insider track, why don't you go on to patreon.com forward slash dum-de-dum, sign up for $2 per show. Um, the good news is the pound is surging at the moment, relatively speaking. So uh, $2 is cheaper and cheaper. Uh, if you're paying in English pounds. So it's it's nothing. We're giving it away. We are giving it away. So why don't we give it away to you? Go on to patreon.com forward slash dumpty dum and uh, just like do the do. Right. So that's that. Um, I did also say in about, I don't know, five minutes ago, uh, write us a review. Write us a review. Do it this Friday. And um, if you're listening to this uh, well after the show has actually been out, write a review anyway. But let's try and get uh, view, uh, reviews from all around the world on this Friday. They'll push us up those iTunes charts. I'm not going to mention the fact that Lucy did promise that she would do something if we got into the top <laughs> ten. Because people have warned me <laughs> off that. They said, Royville, do not mention this. It, it is bullying. It's misogynistic. It's unfair to Lucy and, and whatever. So I'm not going to mention that at all. I'm just going to move on and just say that a promise was made. We've made that we've got into the top 10 and people are going through with their end of the bargain. I use the word end advisably and for pun reasons. So just saying. So, uh, Lucy, is there anything in red which you'd like to read out? Um, it can be in black. No, because I've just shut the thing. Why? Why is it? Why? Why is all my bits now? Your bits black and not red. Your bits. Well, all the things I'm supposed. <laughs> Are you doing the calendar? <laughs> all the. <laughs> I don't know all the bits I'm supposed. I don't know. To you you don't... you do the you do the script each week, so I I don't know. Okay. But... I'm going to make it red again because I get confused easily, as we know. <gasps> Remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website, or you can call o two o three o three one three one o five to leave us a message. Oh, right. And then, um, of course, there are bits, other, other ways that you can uh, contribute and uh, just listen to the, the output of Dumby Dum. Uh, primarily, uh, you can go into uh, Twitter, or at least firstly, sorry, not primarily, firstly, you can go into Twitter, type in Dumby Dum, 
and then you get uh, dum-de-dum musings. Uh, generally, they, they kind of happen on, on a Sunday morning, around about the time of the omnibus when that goes out. Then you get Yokel Bear at the helm of the good ship, uh, dum-de-dum, HMS dum-de-dum, and he's kind of like manning the ship and also uh, responding to what's been going out on the omnibus. And then people generally go for laugh along, retweet, like, and do all the things that people on Twitter do uh, to his tweets. And that's quite awesome. Then um, also there's a little rubber dinghy next to HMS uh, tweet along, uh, dum de dum styly, and it's called Facebook. And on the, well, it's more of it, more than just a dinghy. A frigate. There you go. It's a frigate. So the frigate that goes alongside. <laughs> you know, that was one of that was one of my favourite lines ever. From I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. When Graham Garden, they had to do definitions of things, and Graham Garden just said, "Frigate, a boat that nobody cares about." <laughs> <laughs> that is good. <laughs> I can't hear it now without thinking of that. <laughs> That is very <laughs> so on the frigate, which is um, uh, on a port side of HMS Dumpty Dum. That frigate is called Facebook forward slash Dumpty Dum. So you go onto there and uh, join in with uh, first sea captain uh, Millie Bell and uh, what what other what other naval uh, ranks are there, Lucy? I well, I was going to refer to Yoko Bear as first seaman, but I'm not sure that's appropriate. <laughs> now you say it, it's so obvious that's exactly what he is. <laughs> and He's then... an able seaman, in fact. There we go. <laughs> and then what does the cox do? No, the cox is on... on, on... <laughs> You can man the poop deck. <laughs> and I'll shout, avast behind, and other nautical phrases. All right. So uh, on those, the, the cox is on one of those rowing things, aren't they? So Yes. So, right. so we've got a, an able first seaman, and we have a cox. And maybe with a spoon is the cox. And, uh, yes. And uh, Millie Bell is, is swinging the... <laughs> Don't drag Millie Bell into this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The cat and nine tails is being swooshed by our Millie Bell, and uh, yes, yeah, so keeping everybody uh, ship shape and rowing in the right direction. So, uh, are there any other naval metaphors we can throw at this? No, we've exhausted all of them. That was like an episode of Round the Horn. We can't do any more. <laughs> So that's us, folks. Uh, uh, I've been Royfield Brown and Lucy's been Lucy B. Freeman. And uh, we've been talking about, uh, very loosely, about life, love and the universe through the prism, (laughs) through the prism of the archers. The thing that we love more than life itself, more than our very own children who we've either, uh, who were the fruit of our loins, who Lucy has burst. And and we love the archers more than them. Lucy has burst. What do you mean? I've Birth. burst. Birthed. Woman. Oh, birthed. Birth. Oh, okay. You did, didn't you? Or did you just find them underneath a gooseberry bush or something? Your children. Uh, no, I was just slightly alarmed at the prospect of me bursting. But anyway, mm. I get, I get, get to what you're on about now. Mm. Anyway, so that's how much uh, we love the archers, and that's the reason why we do what we do. And hopefully, you get some pleasure, some enjoyment, some solace from our musings, from our ramblings, and you'll continue to in forthcoming editions of Dum Dee Dum. So um, that's just about me, uh, ready to um, expire for the day, lie down um, and have a little bit of a sleep. 
uh, before I, I start to edit this. Uh, it's going to be a mammoth edit as well because it's a, a Frankenstein. It's all in pieces. Mm. So, Lucy, I'm going to cough. <coughs> Clear my throat. Flipping it. I know. And then I'm going to leave it to you to um, sign us out of this episode of Dum Dum. I thank you. Um, thank you very much for listening, all of you. And uh, we will see you next week when hopefully the storylines will have uh, clawed back some semblance <laughs> of uh, sanity. <laughs> That's harsh. That's harsh. Very harsh. <sighs> you know, there's many things we haven't talked about in this episode. You know, we've only really barely touched on Hannah and her nastiness. Um, actually, no. We yeah, looking at my notes, we, we did a good job, Lucy. I take it all back. We 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 no stones left unturned when it came to discussing the archers last week. So well done to us. Well done. Good. There you go. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.